Hey, I love you. Just to open up your Bibles again today. Uh, we're going to go back to Isaiah chapter 60, and I'm just going to take another, another angle on that. Arise, shine, for your light or for your time has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and deep darkness the people. But the Lord will arise over you, and his glory will be seen on you. The Gentiles shall come to the brightness of your rising, or they come to your light, and the kings to the brightness of your rising. Lift up your eyes all around and see they come together. Your sons will come from afar and your daughters shall be nursed at your side. And you shall see and become radiant and your heart shall be swell with joy because the abundance of the sea shall be turned to you and the wealth of the Gentiles shall come to you. Anyone like that at all? Anyone want to just even a little slice of that? <laughs> yeah. I believe I'm not just, I mean, I know the scripture off by heart. I've read it a hundred times before, but actually just because I've read it so many times, the Lord will still speak through it to us out of that. One of the things I'm really believing in my heart that the Lord is certainly speaking into my heart to arise, to reposition myself, to reposition my heart, to shift the posture of my heart. One of the things we also look at here is that the, the two words arise and shine, they're actually used together. There's a, they're both they're two different, but actually they're used together in the Hebrew language. To arise, to arise also means to come alive, to awaken or to awaken out of a dream. To awaken to, to, to it's not just a, a shifting of posture, but it's a, it's a awakening of consciousness. It's, a, it's a, things that you are unconscious about or you, uh, you're in a different world. All of a sudden, your world suddenly shifts. You come out of a dream. You come out of a, of a place of sleep and arise. There's something in your, in your spirit comes up and, and, and emerges. I love waking Loving to see my kids awake in the morning. It's just an amazing thing. They arise. And, but arise, shine. And for some people, that world that they live in, you may not be uh, physically asleep, but in your heart, you're asleep. In your heart, there's another world that you're in. In your heart, there's another world. Or in your emotions, in your internal life, there's another world that people live in. And every person in this place this morning has an internal life. Every person here has an environment, has a space inside of their life that no one can see. It's like a house with many rooms. But every person has a, has a life that goes on in the inside of them, in their thought life, in their emotions. They hear, some people hear words. Some people here have memories. Well, we all got memories, but all of us, to a certain degree, in, in one sense or another, have an internal life that goes on that not everyone knows about, but nonetheless, it's reflected in the world that's around us. For some people, when you become conscious of your internal life, it's a nightmare. Some people have dreams about failures of the past. Some people inside, they're plagued with the mistakes that they've done, the, the things that have happened to them there. Uh, maybe some people are tormented by spirits. Uh, I mean, these people are like, they're everywhere. You look at the suicide rates, there's no doubt about it that there are spirits that are operating in the internal life of people. Don't tell me that the spirit realm is not real. Don't tell me that people don't have a, an internal life. People have an internal life, and what goes on in the inside affects the, affects the course of your destiny. Maybe you're here today, and for some of you, your internal life is that of a nightmare. You are, you're more conscious internally of your mistakes. You're, maybe you're more conscious of the, your pain or your failure or the things that you're not good at. And it's, many people are like that. Many people, when they become conscious, they, uh, they feel guilt and shame or uh, 
or, or experience torment in some way. And I don't believe there's a person in this room that at some, in some way or another, at some time in their life, has experienced that. Maybe you're here today and you're experiencing that. Maybe your world has collapsed around you. Maybe your husband has left you. Maybe your, your, your business is doing it tough. But in the inside of you, you get tormented with these things. But for some people, their internal life, they have a dream. Maybe you have both. It's just, I'm just, just stating it. But for some people, they have dreams inside of their heart. I don't know about you, but I've had dreams inside of my heart when I was a young person. I used to look at great men of God, and I, look, I used to look at my dad and think, I wish I could preach like him one day. I wish I could do something like him one day. I had an, an imagination. I had a dream of something that I could be doing. And you'll find that over time, I don't know about, about you, but the killer of dreams sometimes comes along. The killer of dreams, the things happen, life happens, and, and all of a sudden those dreams that you thought of and you wished for and you hoped for, all those years ago, they're still there and they've never actually come out. And my heart over the course of this year and over the course of our lives in this journey together is that one, that whatever torment or whatever pain that you're facing inside of your life, that you'd start to get free of that and that you would become free. My prayer is also this, that whatever God has placed in your heart, whatever dreams that you see inside of there, where did that dream come from? You think we just randomly thought it up? Maybe for some people they think that, but I believe that God gives dreams to people's lives. God gives dreams in terms of technology. God gives dreams in, in terms of artwork or entertainment. God gives dreams in terms of superstructures and all sorts of things. He is the giver of dreams. He's creative God. He puts things in our heart. One of the things I was, um, I was just looking, I was just reflecting on during the week, I don't know about you, but there was this big thing that happened during the week about the moon, about all of a sudden this moon was going to have this, I don't know what, someone help me out here, but it was a super moon. A super moon. I was just thinking about that, and everyone was getting ready to watch the super moon, and all of a sudden the clouds came over, and no one got to watch it. <laughs> what a letdown. People's like, oh, and I stayed up all this time hoping that the cloud would go and we reveal the moon. And I started to think about it, and I'm thinking, actually, you know what? The moon has actually got zero light of its own. The moon has got ne zip, not nothing, nada. Not one bit of light has emanated from the moon itself. When you look at the creation, the Bible says that when God created the sun, moon, and stars, he created, one of the things he does, he creates perfection, and he always creates reflection. You'll see patterns in the Bible where there's a perfection and there's a reflection. Let us make man in our own image. The word image means reflection. Heaven is my throne, earth is my footstool. What you see is you see a, a perfection, but you also see a reflection. You want to see what heaven looks like? Well, actually, to a large degree, you'll find that it's, there's a lot of similarities on earth to what heaven would look like. You want to know what God looks like? He looks like Cheyenne. Kia ora, bro. Let us make man in our own image. See an invisible or something that was perfect created something that reflected. And when you look at the moon, you look at the sun, the only light that the moon can ever project is that which is reflected from the sun. So when all there was nighttime during the week and everyone's wanted to see this moon and the clouds come over, what people are really looking for is actually the reflection of the sun. And as long as people know that there is a shining moon up there, they know that somewhere the, shine, the light is shining. Somewhere, somewhere, 
out there that the sun is there. I may not be able to see him. I may not be able to see that sun, but I know because of the reflection that I see on that moon that the sun is still alive. He's invisible, but I can see him. He's alive because I can see the reflection. In the same way, in exactly the same way, you and I are simply made of dust. We're made of carbon. That's about it. You break it all down. But in the same way, when God breathed into you, when God breathed into you as a little itty-bitty couple of bitty little cells in your mama's womb, God breathed into your life just as he did with Adam. He breathed into, uh, into man or woman, became a living being. That whole purpose was that even though the creation couldn't necessarily see God with the naked eye, they knew that God was alive because they could see him reflected in your and I life. That is one of the primary reasons that you and I have been created, to reflect the life of God. God is glorious. God is wonderful. He's creative. Our bodies are just, I mean, I've taken a few funerals, and it's kind of like, well, there's the life gone now. They're gone, and there it is. It's ashes, dust to dust, gone. The life that's inside of us, the internal life, has moved on. All of us carry the life of God in one degree or another. But obviously sin separates us from God. The Bible says that sin has separated man. It does not mean that the life of God is not in us because how would you live otherwise? He gives life to both the sinner and the righteous. He gives life to all creation. He gives life to you. Every breath that we take comes from him. Even for the unrighteous person, the person that doesn't know God, even their dreams, God gives. All of these things come from God. But one of the things we see from the story of creation is that because the devil hated God so much, he couldn't destroy God, so he decided he, his, his, his tactic was to destroy that which reflects God. And that's why sin came into the world, that whenever the devil looks at man, whenever the devil looks at you, he sees what he should have been like. He sees how far that he's fallen. Whenever the devil looks at you, when you have come into a relationship with Christ, when you have made that reconnection, you've given your heart to Jesus and his life lives inside of you, that you find and you draw your life from him. You become shaped into the image, reshaped back into the image of Christ. And whenever the devil looks at you, or me, he sees the reflection of God in our lives. And just like that big old bad moon that everyone wanted to see during this week, those clouds come across. That is exactly what the devil wants to do, is to bring clouds across our life. Clouds of hopelessness, clouds of uh, despair, clouds of failure. Every one of us has made a mistake, no doubt about that. Everyone has sinned. But the more that you and I can allow and become an understanding of really how kind and how merciful God really is. I was reflecting on that a little bit today. and In fact, quite a bit, really. I reflect on it most days. <laughs> the grace and the mercy of God, exactly what that is. I was just listening to a saying uh, yesterday. Grace, God's grace is God giving us something that we don't deserve. God's mercy is withholding something from us that we do deserve. All of us deserve punishment from God, but His mercy withholds judgment through his blood, the blood of his son, Jesus Christ. We have a way that we can come boldly into his throne. That's what Jesus says. Posture yourself in a bold way before my throne. Don't come in wimping like a little dog. Don't come in like a 
dog, with your cat, with your tail, whatever. Come boldly before his throne. Yeah, someone give me a bark. But he says, arise to come alive. Friends, people are waiting all around the world. People are waiting. When we hear this preach, the whole earth waits for the sons of God to, to manifest the glory of God. Creation is waiting for you and I to stand up and to release what God has placed in our life. I mean, it's, it'd be expressed in a whole bunch of different ways. Many people wait with great anticipation. You and I are inherently created to reflect the glory of God. God is interested in architecture. God is interested in building. God is interested in every expression of creativity in the world today. Everything. God is interested in your dreams. God is interested in your aspirations. When Jesus came, I decided to read this verse again. He says in Matthew chapter 5, verse 15, he said, Neither do people light a lamp and put it under or cover it with a basket. Instead, they set it on a lampstand that it gives light to everyone in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may give, see your good works or see an expression of what's inside of here. Let they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. I was starting to think about that. I was starting to consider myself and consider my own journey. It's like, I know in my head that Christ has, has redeemed me, that Christ is alive inside of me. It's not that. It's not that the issue of the light. But for most people, it's the issue of the old basket that comes on upon our life. He said, don't let. In other words, he said, uh, people don't do that. It's not, it's, that's not the thing you do. You don't have a lamp that's set on fire. You don't have your life ignited on the inside and then, look, and then allow something don't allow yourself to put a basket on you. Well, don't allow no one else to put a basket on you either. And that's the challenge I think a lot of people have. It's the contention, it's the struggle that a lot of people have, that basket on this, and he refers to it as a, an external thing that comes upon you. But the light he's talking about is an internal light, but there's also an internal basket that can become and be put on our life. Maybe you're here today. And you've got dreams that light, those dreams that come, want to come out somewhere and be reflected and be manifested. But there's a basket that gets put on your life. And it's not the plan and the purpose of God that he ignites something inside of you. And then somebody comes along and wants to snuff it out. Somebody comes and put a blanket on you, put a, a basket on yourself. And so many people, they put a basket on themselves. They hide what God has placed, the creativity, the, the eternal treasure that God has placed in their heart and their life, and they put a basket on it. They don't see it for what it is. But the Bible says, don't despise the day of small beginnings. Your treasure inside of your heart may look any little bitty, but it doesn't really matter what it looks like in the early stages. When you plant it enough, when you put it in the right environment, you'll find it will grow. You'll find it will develop into something really beautiful, just like, I mean, you look at your kids and your little... And the scanner, you think, a little itty-bitty heartbeat. And all of a sudden, they're asking for your car and asking for your phone. And... But you start to see the beauty. You start to see the gifts start to unfold out of their lives. And I believe that there is a, an immense treasure in the heart of every person in this room. Whether you've discovered it or not yet, my prayer is this. I have given my heart, my life, 
to help you discover the treasure that God has placed inside of your heart, to help you lift off that basket that either you've placed on it or somebody else has placed on you. Whatever it is that's hiding that, that is what I'm committed to see removing. I'm committed to seeing the plan. I'm committed to seeing you become all that you can be. It's interesting. You look at the context of this. Who is he speaking to? When Jesus says these words, who is he speaking to? What's going on inside of their world? What's the circumstance that Jesus is talking about? Well, he's speaking to, he's speaking to the, the, the Hebrews and the Jews. He's, he's speaking to the, the, uh, the people that have come around him. But these people that have drawn around him, their circumstance was not like yours and I's today. These were a people that were severely colonized. These people were a people that didn't always have freedom of choice. They were in their own land, but their own land was overtaken by their Romans. They were a cruel people. They lived under the subjection of a very cruel and nasty people. They were a people who were colonized. They were a people who were under oppression. They were a people who were treated unjustly. They were, under, they were a people who in many ways were oppressed. And here Jesus said to them, you are the light of the world. For some people, if you're in a place of pain, to hear those words, you almost want to give the guy a slap. You question, who am I in this world? Who am I? Can't you see the environment that we live in? Can't you see what's going on around our lives? Can't you see the oppression that we live under? Can't you see? Can't you see the Roman army? Can't you see how nasty there is? And you're saying, arise and don't let nobody put a basket on top of you. Is that what you're saying? Am I hearing you right? Some people, when, they, when you hear this verse, arise, the immediate response, the reaction could often be, but you don't understand what I'm going through. You don't understand how nasty some people have been. But Jesus also saw this. Jesus must have seen something in that people. To say, your light has come. To say, arise. To say, you are the city on a hill. He must have seen something inside their lives. Amidst the oppression, amidst the pain, and amidst the circumstances they were in, Jesus saw through all that and saw the light that he had already placed inside of their life. He saw that one day, even though they were a broken nation, that one day they would become a nation again. They would arise from the ashes. That even though that one day that life looks, the circumstances may look dark for them right now, they would arise and they would become a nation again. He saw what they could become. Friends, it doesn't matter what you've experienced in your life today. It doesn't, experience, doesn't matter what's going on in your life right now. God is the God of all hope. If you would posture yourself, if you would respond to him, if you would arise and not let their basket come over inside of your life, I tell you, you will come, you will arise into a person who has a, a prominence in your world. I can guarantee it, I promise you. I'll stand down as the pastor if I didn't. I mean it with all my heart. If you would just posture yourself, if you would just believe what God has placed inside of you, the problem is that that basket that gets on our life. He said it because he saw their future. And he's saying it today because he sees your future. He sees the dreams inside of your heart. 
He sees the struggles. He sees the things that you've been wrestling with. He can see the clouds, but it's the plan of God that those clouds would move away and that you would shine in the fullness of what God has for your life. That's what I'm 100% committed to. That's what I've given my heart to do, to help you, to journey with you, to move those clouds off your life, to lift that basket off you and help you become all that God has has for you. Whether it's in the marketplace, whether it's in a ministry role, wherever it is, doesn't really matter. Whatever God has placed inside of your heart, that's what we're, allowed, what we're committed to do. Don't allow mistakes to stop you from trying. One of the biggest things I've found is, uh, for me was the mistakes. So many, and that's why I talked about the internal life. So many people, they're aware of their failures and shortcomings, the mistakes. Don't allow mistakes to stop you trying or to stop you from trying again. Just because it didn't work the first time. Just because you mucked it up. You, maybe you've mucked it up with your kids. Maybe you've mucked it up in your marriage. Maybe you've mucked it up financially. Maybe you've mucked it up at school. Maybe you've made a mistake somewhere. You've done something. Or, or maybe something, somebody has done something to you. Those mistakes, they can be like a basket that would snuff out that light or try and cover it. You become more conscious of your mistakes. You become more conscious of your shortcomings. You become more conscious of your failings and your mistakes that have been happening in your life. Maybe you've made a mistake. Maybe you've failed somewhere in your life. So what? I've made heaps of them. I've made a mistake. I've made lots of mistakes at school. I've made mistakes and relationally. I've made mistakes everywhere that I've put my hand to. I've made mistakes. But the moment I decide that I allow Christ to come out of me more and more, the more I become conscious of his grace and his mercy, the more I take a posture of response to his mercy and his grace, the more God's grace starts to move in my life. But you've got to posture yourself. You've got to not allow that to get on. It's not denying that it ever happened. I'm not talking about that. But it's making sure that the, the balance is right, making sure that what God has placed in your, inside of you does not get snuffed out by whatever thing that's come around you. There are people in this room here today and there is gold inside of your heart. I know it. I know some of the best pastors in this church will be here right now. You just haven't discovered it yet. Some of the best prophets are in this place right now. I believe that there are people in here they can prophesy with absolute detail. You just haven't just discovered that yet. You're probably more conscious of your mistake. You're not a false prophet. <laughs> There are business people in here. There's young people here. Young people here that will be politicians that will design new policies that will bring hope to people. There are business people here today. You've even maybe just in the seed stage. But God still looks at it and God still saw it. You fill with doubt because I've made a mistake last time or made a whole bunch of mistakes and it still hasn't worked out right. It doesn't matter. Keep trying. Just keep going. Keep posturing yourself. Keep coming back. Keep bouncing back and having another go. If you failed at leadership somewhere, just keep going and have another go. Mistakes never push God away. <laughs> I was just meditating on this yesterday. Mistakes never push God away. There are people here, you've made a number of mistakes in your marriages. You come here and you think God hates you. God could never use somebody like you. God never is pushed away by people's mistakes. Ever. 
Don't you believe that lie? It's a lie of the devil. It's a lie that would come and say, you made a mistake. You're a failure. You sinned. You fell short. God hates you. God doesn't want you. God's going to snuff that call of God off. That's a lie from the devil. In fact, the opposite is true. That God is drawn to our mistakes. Mistakes draw God to us. You have made it, may have made a mistake, but you're not one. The very thing, listen to this, the very thing, or the very things, in my case, <laughs> that we want to cover up is the very thing that God says, I will cause my anointing to come greater on your life. God's drawn to our mistakes. That's why he came. That's why Jesus came. He didn't come for the righteous. He came for the broken. He came because of our mistakes. He came because we're not perfect. He came to make us perfect. You might be here and you're conscious of things that have fallen apart inside of your life. I want to tell you today, God is a God of contrast. <laughs> Sometimes you've got to have a bit of black to make sure that the white stands out well. Or the other way around. Sometimes you've got to have a little bit, a little bit of darkness in order for the light to shine brighter. Sometimes there's got to be a little bit of mistakes or a few failures in order for his grace to become shinier. I'm here to tell you there's one thing that you can come away with today. Don't cover your mistakes. Don't cover your failings. <laughs> Don't tell it to the world. <laughs> Don't put it on Facebook. Nope. That's not good. That would be a mistake. Talk to somebody. Help. Allow somebody to help you. If you're struggling in your marriage, talk about it. My dad talks to me about how things are going in our marriage. David, we need to have a little talk. Why? Because even though there are failures in there, that's where his anointing can come strong upon your life. I failed in school. I failed in leadership in many respects. But because I had a heart to respond to the Lord, he entrusted me with this. He entrusted me with you. If he would do it for me, I know he would do it for you. There are plenty of mistakes. Oh, mate, you task my staff, I make mistakes every week. <laughs> but I still keep going. I still make sure that I keep a posture. I still keep his word in my heart. He said before I came into this role, I will be with you. That's all I need to know. I had a, uh, a pastor come through, amazing man of God. He's Pastor Clark Taylor. And uh, he's just an incredible man of God. Life full of mistakes. Life full of failure. And I said to him, asked him this question a few years ago. I said, Pastor Clark, I said, if you were to tell me one more thing, what would it be? Give me one set of advice for what you. He's looked at me. He said, boy, he said, you're going to make a pile of mistakes. You're going to get a whole bunch of things wrong. But you're going to get more things right. Focus on those things that you get right. Focus on those things that you're doing right. The fact that you're here today. And not sitting in bed, you're not drunk. I haven't dragged you out of a hangover. You're not locked up somewhere. 
The fact that you're here today must have mean, tell me that you've done something right. If you just gave your hands a little wee clap, oh, you've done something right, good on you. If you, if you raised your hands a little bit today, <laughs> you did something good, that's fantastic. The very things that we want to cover up are the very things God will say will cause my anointing to come great upon your life. And our weakness, he is made strong. Just don't hide that weakness. Bring it to the cross and you'll find mercy. Don't allow your hurt to dictate how you live, how we relate, or how we love. People's hurt when you experience hurt in your life. Part of your life, part of your heart can easily shut down. When you face and experience disappointment, easy to shut your internal life down. I get disappointed heaps. But if you allow hurt to dictate your life, it's not saying that you're not hurt. It's not denying that the fact there's a hurt there. I'm not, we've got courses to help people through that. You need to come and sign up if you've got hurt inside of you. You're going to be hurt a lot. <laughs> promise you that. You're going to be disappointed. You maybe get disappointed with me. You might be hurt by me. Don't, don't allow hurt to dictate how your life is going to track. Don't allow that hurt to get on top of you and, and, and shut down and suppress the call of God upon what's inside of your heart. Don't allow your hurt to dictate how you live or how you relate. A lot of people today, their relationships are dictated largely by the hurt and the pain that they've been through. That city, on a whole, that city on a hill thing, it's not about having a big building. It's about how we relate. and It's about how we love one another, even though we hurt one another. <laughs> That's attractive to people. The way that we live, the way that we can relate when we relate in a healthy and meaningful way, the way that we believe the best in the people around us, the way that we don't hold on to grudges. We get hurt, but don't allow it to get on our heart. We get disappointed, but we know where to send it to. We've experienced pain but we've got a source that can come and heal it. Every one of us will face pain. I was reflecting the other day how much pain I've walked through, how much pain in the relationships. And I'm going to bring this out in another day because it's just imperative to know that, uh, that Christ also knows the pain that we've been through. Life is an adventure in forgiveness. It's all about releasing and reaching. It's a conscious decision to hold on to your hurt, it's a conscious decision to hold on to your mistakes. It's also a conscious decision to release them. So I'll become in prayer. That's why it's a habit to pray. In the, in the, build a prayer as, as, as a daily habit. It's not just about coming and asking God for things, but it's allowing him to wash you clean. It's allowing him to give you mercy. It's allowing him to touch you and to speak his words into your heart. Become conscious of who he is. If I make a mistake, one of the first things I've got to do is come to God and say, Lord, I've already chewed that one up. <laughs> I need your help. When you humble yourself, his grace and his mercy is available for us. He withholds judgment. For some people, their hearts are hard. Actually, judgment gets released. It's a conscious thing to hold on to your hurt, and it's a conscious thing to release it. Philippians 3, I'm just going to finish now. Philippians 3, 
verse 13 to 14. Paul said these, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, I forget those things. Sometimes it's a hard thing to forget. I'd use the word release those things. Release those things. Release those things. What things? Those failures. Release those shortcomings. Release those things that I used to be. Yes, I did them, but I'm a new man. I release those things which are behind, and I reach forward to those things which are ahead. I want to tell you what God has ahead for you is awesome. His plans for you are to bless you, to give you a hope, and to give you a future. Regardless of what you've done. Paul was one of the worst of them. He was a murderer. He was a, a nasty piece of work. But he made a conscious decision to allow God's grace and his mercy to touch him. Became a con- made a conscious decision to let go of that and to reach forward to this. God has got a great plan for your life. God has got a, a beautiful light that shines inside of your life. God has got a beautiful expression. You may be here today and your, your marriage is broken or you may be whatever. It doesn't matter if you would come and you would open your heart to the Lord and posture yourself in a way before him. Release who you need to release, even if you need to release yourself. <laughs> I've got to do that heaps. And reach forward to what's ahead. I know what God spoke over my life. I know that the call of God inside of my heart. The more I become conscious of what he's calling me up to, the more I'll move that way. The more I become conscious of my failings, my mistakes, should have done that, should have done this, should have done that. The more I'll stay here, the more that basket will come over my life. One thing I do, I forget, I release those things which are behind and reach forward to those things which are ahead. I press towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Friends, you've got to know today that God is calling you upward. He always calls you upward. He never will pull you down. The only thing that will pull you down is either people around you, the things in your heart, demonic realm will pull you down. There's a constant battle you're always going to face, but I'll tell you today it's worth it. It's worth it. It's worth letting go of your mistake. It's worth letting go of your failure. It's worth letting people go that have hurt you. It's not about denial, but it's saying, making a conscious decision. Yes, I'm hurt, but I'll love you. Yes, I'm disappointed, but I'll forgive you. (laughs) Yes, I made a mistake, but I'll try again. I believe in you. You denied me, but I'll reach out to you. Friends, if we can come and live our lives like that, what a world, what a church we could be. The fact that the fact is, you and I, we're all going to hurt each other. Hopefully not too bad, not intentionally. I never intentionally want to hurt people. But love always brings people back together. Are there going to be times that you're going to be disappointed? Absolutely, I guarantee it. But what makes us different is this, that we can acknowledge our disappointment and still believe and still trust anyway. We can acknowledge our mistake but still move forward. I wonder what you're struggling inside of your life. Maybe you've denied it. Doesn't matter what you've done, Jesus would still reach out to you and still love you. The more we can understand that. I'm just going to finish with this. In Isaiah chapter 30, 
verse 26. He says, Moreover, the light of the moon will be as the light of the sun. In other words, our lives will be in a place that reflects the fullness of the glory of God. And the light of the sun will be sevenfold as the light of the seven days. In, the day, in that day that the Lord binds up the bruises of His people and heals the stroke of their wound. If you let God heal your wounded places, your nights will become like days and your days will shine seven times brighter. Why don't we just stand to our feet this morning? Why don't you just lift your hands? Even it's just a little itty bit, it's fine, don't worry. Whatever you want to do, just lift your hands. Lord, we thank you for your wonderful grace and thank you for your wonderful mercy today. Lord, I thank you. You say in your word that it's fresh and new every morning. Lord, we love you. We thank you for the kindness that you've shown us. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that you've came to heal our wounds, that you've come to heal our broken hearts, that you've came to heal our mistakes. Lord, today, I thank you for your treasure. I thank you for your light, the incredible life that you've placed in, in every one of us. Thank you for the dreams. For those here this morning that when they close their eyes and become conscious of the nightmares, become conscious of the failings. Lord, I pray right now, Lord, that your grace will just come and touch their hearts today. I pray for those that got dreams inside of their hearts. Lord, I pray today, Lord, that your presence will come and touch them and bring them forth. Lord, breathe upon those dreams. Bring them into a reality today in Jesus' name. I pray, Lord, for those that are here today and even right now they may have been walking through some mistakes, some failures. I pray, Lord, that your presence will touch them right now in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that you are drawn to our mistakes, not repelled by them. Lord, would your love come and touch every heart in this room this morning in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you so much for bringing them here today. I thank you, Lord, for your hand upon their lives. I thank you, Lord, for the journey that you've brought them on. Lord, I pray today that you'd cause us to rise up and be the city on a hill. Help us not to put a basket on the light that you've put inside of our lives, Lord. I want to ask this one question just before we, before we finish. If you're here today and you've never, ever received Jesus Christ, you've never invited Him into your heart, but today you, you want to make that conscious decision, you want to make a conscious decision to allow Jesus Christ to come into your heart to forgive you of your sin to give you a free gift of eternal life. Maybe you've fallen away from God. Maybe you've just, your heart has grown cold to Him. It's all right. His, his love is always there. You may have even denied Him. It doesn't matter. He's still reaching out to you. He's still calling you. If you're here today and you've won, you've never received Jesus Christ, but today you want to make a conscious decision to do that, I would love for you to just come forward. 
If you're here today and you, your heart has grown cold, you kind of just let go. and You used to walk with Him. You used to pray. You used to have fellowship with Him. Your heart has grown cold. I'd love for you to come forward too. We're just going to worship one more time. And if that's you this morning, I'd love for you just as we worship, just to come to the front and I would love to pray for you. Come and let's just start to sing and worship.